This program contains techniques and exercises that can cause physical injury. Individuals involved in the production and those demonstrating their skills assume no responsibility for any injury or damage resulting from the execution of techniques and exercises presented herein. Because I'm the best in the world, even though a lot of you don't like to hear it. I just, it's fact, I'm the best, you know what I mean? I sometimes, I don't want to believe in myself, but it's the truth. I'm the best. Enough with the formality. I think we all know what's happening. It's time for the IC Robots show with your host, the champ, IC Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, your host, the champ, and I'm still not a hero, but I still sacrifice, like, maybe a little bit of each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And I think this week is going to get so much less weak. We got we got an action-packed, fun-filled show ahead of us. We're going to talk about the Joker. We're going to talk about G.I. Joe's from 1984. It is. It's going to be amazing, man. We're going to talk about Zartan and the Baron. It's going to be great. We're going to have fun. But first, uh... Got a new song from Iceberg. Hold it now. Hit it. Hey, Iceberg. They out to get us, man. Yo, we got to dust these boys off. Anyone have a sandwich? I thought you went out for dinner. Anyone have a sandwich? I thought you went out for dinner, Theo. Stavros and I were in Petropolis joint. He has a fight with the cook and the whole kitchen comes tumbling down. They killed my appetite for Anicia's Brazolas. Take my word for it, Frank. The best lamb you ever tasted. And something's up, Frank. Something's not kosher about that place. Word on the street is that Petropolis is fronting for a smuggling game. What's he importing? Who knows? Greek food? <laughs> hey, Stavros. Get me a sandwich. We must do something about Spiros Agalakis. Why? Because he's getting restless. So? Nikos, he wants to go home. What did he say? Say! He said nothing! He pulled out the longest butcher knife in my kitchen and went straight for my throat. So? You call the police? No, of course not. Send him home? So he can tell the Greek police? No. His life must end here in New York. You are listening to the Icy Robot Show. We don't step on toes. We step on necks. That much is definitely true. We're like braddock in that we don't step on people's toes, man. We stand on their necks. That's just that's just the way it is around the Alpha Moon Base. And right now I am in the uh, Moon Base's snack shack with my dude Iceberg Thirteen, who is uh he's enjoying a well earned break from uh, the mixing boards, the turntables, the wheels of steel, as it were. And I myself, I just got through cleaning the vents over in the West Wing, and I'm gonna chill out, have a bag of chips. I'm gonna have a Slurpee gonna sit down it's gonna be great we're gonna we're gonna chit chat iceberg what's up with you man how you doing i am doing great as i am always when you are me it is impossible to do less than great why do you even ask it is a waste of time words and hair i need not air but you do i am afraid 
Don't waste it. We have plenty of air, dude. Don't worry. We got extra air just in case. You saw those tanks we got over there. It's awesome. Don't worry about it, man. Also, we got spacesuits, dude. We can jump in those jump in those spacesuits. I'm not wasting air. It'll all be fine. I'm also happy to hear that you're doing great. That's uh, that's awesome. We haven't gotten as much as much uh, chance to um chit chat as we have in the past. But uh, hey, uh, what do you think about Emily and this plan to go rescue that alien dude's family? That. That seems pretty scary. I'm down, but what what do you think? I don't want to go to be honest. I don't care about that alien. I talked with him once and he asked me if I was a repair droid. I told him I am a DJ Bart and he claimed to not have heard of me when I know that he has. So you don't you don't think you're gonna go? She she honestly, she wasn't sure if you were gonna be down or not. No, I will go. If Emily needs me to get her back, I will. Her and I are very close. Very close. I think you mean close. You guys are uh, very close. We have known each other for decades. Yeah, man. She mentioned that. She was saying you guys used to be on a deep uh, space freighter together and that you'd actually, like, encountered these aliens before. For me, this is the first time I've ever encountered aliens. It's pretty, it's pretty wild to me. I imagine that most things up here in space are wild to you. It's no big deal to us. Space is actually boring to me at this point. Wait, hold on. You, uh, you don't think it's cool up here? Is that what, is, is that right? Yes. I'd have much more fun being on Earth living the high life, but such is the life of a DJ robot. You have to go where the beats flow. You gotta go where the beats flow. That's kind of a cool saying. What does, uh, what does that mean? It means I'm paid to be here, so I'm here. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm, I'm just here because it, it's work and stuff. Otherwise, I'd be, I'd be down with the family or maybe at the dig or something. Hey, dude, uh, what do you, what do you know about the Corinthian army? these guys we're going to be going up against. Uh, they seem they seem pretty bad. They are the worst. They control almost half of the universe. They control half the universe? How did they do that? How'd they get all that space? By conquering it. How else? That, uh, that does make sense. Emily used to be down with them. It's like she's alluded to it. She's talked about it a bit, but she was, she was like a pilot for them for a while or something? They had Emily as a prisoner for years. They kept her chained inside her viper and they forced her to fight for them. She hated it. That's so awful. I really I really feel for her. She's she can be rough and tough when 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 need be, but she's she's a kind soul. I, I can't imagine being put in that position. How did how did she get away? One day she had had enough and she escaped. At that point she didn't care if she lived or died. There was no stopping her. That is when I met her. And, uh, those shows are available on, um, Patreon, right? You guys used to, like, record stuff when you were on that deep space mission, and that's that's called, uh, I See Robots Radio, oddly enough. You guys didn't even know me yet, but that was the name of the show. I, I don't know how you came to that, but, uh, that's cool, man. I've been listening to those. You guys... You guys really chop it up, dude. You guys got some good tunes on there. That was that was a good time, right? It was great. It was just me and Emily and also the newsbot. Oh yeah, newsbot. Whatever happened to that dude? I've I've uh, been meaning to ask. He died, which was sad, but also not because I didn't like him that much. Being alone with Emily was great though. We really became good friends, which we are still. 
Yeah, you guys are great friends, man. You've had your ups and downs, though, just like just like everybody. But uh, it's, it's it's cool, man, that you've known each other for so long. I haven't known you guys as long as that, but I, you know, I, I think that you guys are great. I I got to admit, though, I'm a little uh, nervous about the the space mission. If Emily needs me, I'm going to be there, and she thinks this is worthwhile, so I'm going to be there. But it is it's a bit nerve wracking. I I don't I, I don't have that much um combat experience like you guys. Just just with the pirates and stuff like that, I've done a few things, but nothing like this dude this is this is hardcore this is gonna be harsh listen new jack i've done stuff that would make your head spin just stay near me and you will be fine you do what i do and i promise that you will make it out alive thanks iceberg i i appreciate that man that's uh that's really that's reassuring what i mean by that is that i will make it out alive and you might too anything is possible even things that are unlikely Following in the footsteps of Ebert, Siskel, and even that dude named Roper, it's At The Movies with IC Robots. I feel like I know you. I've been watching you forever. Well, there's something special about you, Arthur, I could tell. But you don't listen. <laughs> I'm just trying to make him smile. Just Joker. Rated R. I just got back from seeing the Joker at the cinema. The much-awaited, the eagerly anticipated Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. I am recording this segment out of order. The entire rest of the show is done at this point. But I but I held it. I held the date until. I saw the Joker, so you could have like a so you could have like a fresh review when this comes out on on Wednesday. You can you can hear your dude talk about it, and you can figure out whether you um you want to go or not. I figure you're gonna go. Everybody's gonna go. It's huge. It's the biggest October opening for an R-rated movie in the history of all uh, movies of all things of everything. It's the biggest. It's huge. It's gigantic. It's killing it. I I found going to see this to be quite a nerve-wracking experience. We all know there was some uh there was some controversy in the air. There was some um there was some anticipated violence and stuff. So when I went to see it, I made sure to go see it on a Monday morning. So it wouldn't be like a packed theater, so I would have room to escape in case anything jumped off. Fortunately, nothing jumped off. As of now, as I record this, nothing jumped off anywhere, which I am which I am thankful for. I don't I don't want anything to ever pop off. I want people to be safe. I want people to be happy. And I'm thankful that, that they are. When I when I went to see it, they had a bunch of signs on the box office with a picture of the Joker looking all creeped out, saying that they wanted everybody to have a nice experience, wanted everybody to feel safe. And as such, they weren't going to allow any clown makeup, no cosplay, no accessories, no anything like that. And then when I got inside the theater, they had even like, they had even more signs saying this and I'm like this is scary man this is a this is a weird experience it's a bit it's a bit unsettling and when I when I was in the movie watching the movie there was a person sitting across from me like a little ways a little ways down the same row that I was and they they kept laughing like the joker during the movie they're like <laughs> when uh something funny would happen but honestly nothing really funny happens during the course of the movie there might be like a few giggles here and there but it's not 
it's not like a comedy. It's not meant for humor. It's all sort of like unsettling, unsettling, funny. Like when you see something really bad happen to the Joker or whatever. And there was this person like <laughs> the whole time, which was which was weird, man. I didn't I didn't like it. I had my head on a swivel the entire time I was in the theater, which is not which isn't fun. But it's also not fun to get a get murdered in a movie. So it's better, better safe than sorry. Let's let's talk about the movie. The movie was directed by Todd Phillips. It's an origin story of the Joker. I I do not believe this is inside the normal DC movie continuity, but it may it may end up that we do see Joaquin Phoenix fighting up against uh, Rob Pattinson in the uh, Matt Reeve movie that's going to be coming out in a uh, I think it's not till 2021, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure about that. But this this definitely works as a standalone movie. It doesn't need to be part of any anything. It's a it's an enjoyable movie. It does, it elevates comic movies into a, like a higher sphere. This isn't just a comic movie. This is a real movie. This is a film. This is, this is cinema, but also it, it's hardly a comic movie, if that makes sense. The character in the movie did not need to be the Joker for the movie to work. This could just be the story of some deranged loner who goes on a rampage when life, uh, life gets too hard for him. But I, I thought that Joaquin Phoenix's performance as the Joker may very well wind up being the seminal Joker performance of all the Joker performances. But that's that's not taking anything away from Heath Ledger, who uh, won the Academy Award for being the Joker. This is this is a different take on it than that. That guy is the Ledger Joker is more of a he's like violence incarnate. This guy played by Joaquin Phoenix is more of a sad sack, a sad sack with mental problems. who gets driven over the edge when, like I said a minute ago, everything goes bad for him. This is set in like the early eighties, the early mid eighties, New York. They have a VCR and you see a commercial with the Energizer bunny and they, they go see Zorro, the gay blade at some point. So it's, it's that era. That movie didn't age well. I can say that, Zara the Gay Blade. They used to play that one on cable all the time, and I, I can't remember the last time that movie came up. Did not age well at all in any way. But I I did enjoy this movie for what it was. It is, it's definitely depressing. It is as depressing as can be. It's disturbing. It's weird. But it's a, it's a well-made, well-crafted, entertaining film. It really, it really cooks. It really moves along. There's not a lot of... Not a lot of in-between time. It goes from this to this to this. It's, uh, and I'm trying, I'm trying to talk without, without giving a lot of the, uh, story away, but it follows this guy, Arthur Fleck. That is the Joaquin Phoenix character. He lives at home with his mom. He works part-time as a clown and he's just met with violence and apathy and anger at every turn. At this point in New York, there's a garbage strike. There's piles of trash everywhere. Things are like really bleak. This is back when there were like porn cinemas all over the place and things were gross and cool. But at the at the same time, they're horrible and sad. And this, this world turns our dude, Arthur Fleck, who is, let's uh, be honest, he's struggling with mental illness the whole time. It turns him into uh, a... A very violent, a very disturbed, a very upset individual. And one day, while coming home, he's uh, met with violence, and he responds in kind, and things start to spiral out of control from there. This one act that he does shows him that he doesn't he doesn't have the normal conscience that you and I have. He doesn't have that regret. He doesn't have those feelings, and they they just allow him 
this lack of feeling allows him to just spin out of control. Things go bad. His stand-up comedy career is not working. And it's just, this is a, it's a really interesting film. And I, I, I feel like that it's also, I hesitate to say a dangerous film. To some degree, I can see this being something that uh, disturbed individuals might latch onto if you already feel like you're alone and you already feel like you're sad and the world's against you. You might you might look at this Fleck character and see yourself in him and you might you might just like grab a hold of this movie for just like some kind of solace. And I want to say, you're not Arthur Fleck. If you feel like that you are, you're not you're not Fleck at all. Fleck is not in you. I I want to say that if anybody out there watches this movie and they feel like there's some Fleck in them Please, reach out to me. I'm here for you. I'll talk to you. I'll do my best to talk you through the fleck. You don't have to fleck out. You can you can come back into society that's never it's never too late for things to turn around. Don't feel like the fleck is in you. I I was really astounded, honestly, by Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Like physically, he becomes this repugnant fleck character. He lost a lot of weight and he's contorting himself into these weird these weird shapes and these weird forms in the comics the joker is he's 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 spindly he's long and spindly and just sort of sort of malformed in the way that he moves and Joaquin Phoenix does an excellent job of capturing this it's just it's so weird and it's so gross to see him moving at times that you can really see this Batman villain come to life in a way that he hasn't come to life before. Sure, Jack Nick was great back in the day. Sure, Ledger at the time created like this seminal character. But this one, this is a very modern take on the character in the way that it really latches onto the loneliness that I feel is a problem in, in, in our society today. I, I can't really say enough good things about his performance. It, it, it was excellent. I, I also kind of feel, in a lot of ways, it, it wasn't really necessary for this movie to exist. I realize it's not necessary for any movie to exist. But it, if it's going to be like an outside-the-continuity tale, it wasn't, it wasn't really entirely necessary. I do kind of feel like the Joker is kind of an overdone character. And I think that the idea of origin stories in comics are also kind of kind of overdone. I mean, comic book movies, also comics. You don't you don't necessarily need to know everybody's origin to be able to enjoy them as a character. I kind of like the idea that the Joker is sort of like the weather in that he just kind of appears and he wrecks havoc, and there isn't really any rhyme or reason to what's going on. And then he's either captured or he's gone, just like a storm coming through, like a hurricane coming through. He's He's like that. I think getting too deeply into what makes him tick kind of kind of takes away some of the some of the fun of the character. Not really because we did get a good movie out of it. This is for sure a good movie. Outside of Joaquin Phoenix, I think the biggest star in it is uh Robert De Niro, also uh Zazie Beetz from Atlanta is in it. She played uh, Val on the TV show Atlanta. I like Zazie Beetz a lot. I I I could see her becoming a Maybe not like a giant movie star, but definitely like a working movie star. She was Domino in Deadpool 2. That might be what she's um, most known for. The movie, it plays for just over two hours. Right now, it is only at 69% with the critics on Tomatoes. But it's almost 90%, 89% with the people. I 
I myself, I liked it. So, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to go ahead and give the Joker a solid four mics. Four mics. This week on the IC Robot Show, we have a special chamber. A retro toy roundup on G.I. Joe Origins, early action figures, and play sets. We like to call it from Ace to Zartan. The year 1984 was gigantic for the G.I. Joe franchise. It saw it expand into the supernatural with introduction of characters such as Zartan as well as key villains like the Baroness and also the heroic figure of Duke as well as fan favorite characters Spirit and Roadblock and the one who may arguably be the most popular character in the history of the franchise Storm Shadow. From Ace to Zartan is a feature that started up way back in the old days of the Toys R Us report. If you're a new listener to the show, and I think that's awesome, and I'm really happy that you are, go over to icrobots.com, and on the side, there is a list of topics that we've done in the past, and find the one that says from Ace to Zartan, and you can go back all the way to the beginning. What we like to do with this is, it is more or less a character-by-character examination of the, uh, of the G.I. Joe franchise. I, I eventually hope to get all the figures done, but I... I've kind of been slowed, I've kind of been halted, it's been a while since we've done From Ace to Zartan, but we're back, baby. We're back in a major way. I love G.I. Joe, I loved it when I was a kid. G.I. Joe was my jam, I love the cartoon, I used to watch it every day, I love the figures. I never had as many as I want, I still don't have as many as I want. I have a fairly, a fairly decent G.I. Joe collection, but man, I wish it was bigger, I wish I had a ton more. So this is, this is fun, this is a way for me to get to look at things, talk about what I have, talk about things I want talk about things I am maybe not interested in, but I I still do love all things G.I. Joe. When I go to a toy show, or the flea market, or a comic show, or, or whatever, and I and I see some Joes, man, I'm jazzed. I I get excited. Let's, let's take a look. 1984, like I said a second ago, was a really, really, really great year. You saw the introduction of a ton of key characters, and we are going to go over them alphabetically. It's going to be a hoot, man. Let's, uh, let's begin. The first figure released alphabetically is Blowtorch. Blowtorch is the G.I. Joe flamethrower troop. He comes in an orange and yellow outfit with a helmet, a mask, a backpack, which are all done in yellow, and then he has a green flamethrower. The flamethrower attaches to the backpack with a uh, little plastic cord. The cord, the cord breaks off. I had Blowtorch when I was a kid, and the, uh, the thing snapped off from repeatedly taking it in, putting it out, taking it in, putting it out. He's... He's a really neat figure. When they, when they originally, originally worked his uh, details out, they were shooting for the name Pyro, or maybe Hotfoot, before eventually settling on Blowtorch. There is a variant on Blowtorch. Some figures come with a helmet with a, with a little uh, peg hole on the side, like you would use to put the visor in. Some of the, uh, some of the GI Joes have visors. Blowtorch didn't. He has a, he has an oxygen mask. But some of the figures do come with that visor hole in the helmet. Some do not. The the hole doesn't affect the price in any way. They're about equally as uh, common. 
There is also a second variant. His eyebrows are on some figures light, on some figures dark, just like the hole in the helmet. This doesn't affect the value in either way. Anyway, they're both, they're both like equally common. On Below Torch's file card, it says that he is absolutely paranoid about fire, as anybody, anybody in the firefighting game would be. You know how dangerous it is. We, we here in Santa Rosa survived a massive, massive wildfire, and even to today, I'm still, you know, a little, little shook, a little nervous when fire season starts. I, I stay on guard 24-7. I can't even imagine what it would be like if you're somebody who has to deal with that all the time. I, I get you, Blowtorch. I get you. He's the type of guy who will only sleep on the bottom floor in case he has to jump out the window. He keeps his gear next to him at all times. I, I dig it, man. You gotta stay alert. You gotta stay woke, man. Fire is deadly. That, that's something that goes without saying, but it can, it can spread so quickly. On the open market, a mint on card, uh, blowtorch can go for like $100, $200. I've seen him go for more. I've seen him go for less. Loose, he's like an 18 maybe $25 figure if you have all the things, but as they do with most of the Joes, if there's none of the accessories, it's like, you know, $5, $10, something around those parts. I have Blowtorch right now, but I only have him with the helmet and the backpack. I don't have his gun. I don't have the oxygen mask. He's in a action figure case right now. He's not currently on display. When I get him all complete, then I put him on display. Up until then, they chill in an action figure case. The next figure up is Clutch. This is the tan Clutch. He came with the Vamp Mark II, which is the famous G.I. Joe Jeep. The one with the uh, with the big gun on the back. This is the one that came out in, I believe, Series 1. It's a classic vehicle. This is an updated version of that, where in which Clutch, the driver, is wearing like tan, like desert fatigue, some would say, and the vehicle is also colored tan. There's not... There's not a lot to it beyond that, honestly. I do not have this. I have the I have the series uh one one, which is Army Green, but I I would be happy to get this one if I saw it, honestly. I think it's I think it's neat. I do like the tan versions of the characters. Up next alphabetically is Cutter. Cutter is the hovercraft pilot. He came packaged with the G.I. Joe hovercraft. AKA the whale, one of my favorite vehicles of all the times in space. Cutter's file card name is Skip a Stone, which is kind of a little uh, joke from our dude Larry Hama, the uh, the genius behind all of this. Cutter has a Boston Red Sox hat, and being being a giant Oakland Athletics fan, I I'll try not to hold that against him. He has a he has an orange safety vest, and aside from that, there's not a lot to mention uh, about him as far as as far as how he looks. He has a he has a small mustache, which is which is typical for like a New Englander. I think they all have like small little tiny mustaches. I think that I think that the the main aspect of him is the awesome vehicle, the whale. I love this hovercraft a lot. When I was when I was younger, I was really obsessed with hovercrafts. I, I, I didn't know why they weren't the dominant way that people got around. It seemed like so much cooler to float on air as opposed to like drive around on wheels. I always wanted one. You could like see ads for build your own hovercrafts in the back of comics and stuff. And I always wanted to get down with that, but I never did. And I'm not any kind of like handy dandy sort of guy. I try. I do my best. I can, I can do some stuff, but as far as like mechanical engineering and whatever, I, I'm not the one, but I, I did imagine that it would be neat to build one of these hovercrafts, but yet I never, not never, 
never ever did. The next guy up alphabetically is Deep Six. He is the Shark Diver. Shark is a, it's an acronym. It has a C at the end, not a K. Deep Six is different than just about every figure that's out there in that he is encased in a hard plastic deep sea diving suit. Think like, think like Captain Nemo type stuff. It's similar to that, but he doesn't have like the copper helmet. It's a plastic see-through dome. I did have him when I was a kid. I had him and I had the shark and I had many, many, many fun bathtub adventures with this. I loved taking my Joes in the tub when I was a kid. I would take them in there. They'd fight through the bubbles. They'd float on boats. They shoot each other. It was a great time. And the neat thing about the shark was that it floated. I love a vehicle that can actually float. I think that's so great. The whale, it also floated. The uh, one we were just talking about a second ago. I never had it. It would have been too big for my tub, but the shark fit perfectly. He also came included, and I'm just talking about Deep Six, not Cutter. He came included with a like a bellows system, and you could plug it into his back, and it had a little hydraulic pump, and you'd pump it, pump it, pump it, pump it, pump it, and you could make him go up and down in the water. That is a really neat thing. He is, he goes for like five, ten dollars on the open market. I wouldn't call him a, like a super popular action figure, but he is really neat. I think what holds him back is the only articulation that he has is in his arms. Only his arms move. His legs are held stiff. You can't get to his head. It's under a dome, but I I did dig him because he was so different than any other G.I. Joe figure. I would also I would also take the shark and use it for like outer space adventures because it was also like a flying vehicle. It would go in the water and then it would shoot out. So Deep Six was also an ace pilot. I do have him now and I have the shark now. It is a it's a neat part of my collection. I have as an adult and I'll uh, don't tell anybody this. I have taken it in the tub a couple times and had some, uh, had some fun bathtub adventures. We are gonna take a quick break. I dug around in the VHS vault and I found a commercial for the killer whale. I want to share this with you guys. It's a hoot. We'll be back in a sec with more Joes. Yo, Joe! G.I. Joe Hovercraft holds nine Joes. It's the big new way to bring the Joe team into action. And it floats on water. Release that charges. Go, Joe! G.I. Joe Chase that Cobra! Where to go, Joe? G.I. Joe Hovercraft comes with driver, other figures, and equipment sold separately from Hasbro. That's a really fun commercial. I love the G.I. Joe commercials. I think the narration's great. Those voiceovers are terrific. The toys. I I love it, man. I would be so excited when I would see a new one coming up during an episode of He-Man or whatever. It seemed too obvious to say during an episode of G.I. Joe, but I would I would get so pumped. I'd get so jacked every time I'd see one. And that's a, that's a good one because I coveted the killer whale something fierce. Let's get back to the figure talk alphabetically. The next guy up is a guy known as Duke. Duke is one of the integral characters in the G.I. Joe mythos. Let me let me put it to you this way by spinning a little yarn in your direction. When I when I first met the wife, we were talking about things we like, things we collected, stuff like that. And I was I was mentioning to her that I was into G.I. Joe and I was telling her about the characters I like, and I was showing her some of my figures, and I showed her my Duke, my vintage Duke, and she's like, oh. 
this is G.I. Joe. I said, no, this is Duke. He's, uh, he's kind of like the field commander of the team. She's like, no, this guy's name is G.I. Joe. He's the head guy. She, she had caught bits of G.I. Joe here and there after She-Ra or during the Care Bears or whatever. And she was under the impression that Duke was in fact G.I. Joe and that the cartoon was all about him. And it's not, it's not even really that far from the truth, man. Duke is like the key guy as far as like the Joe team on field operations. This is the second time that they have offered Duke. The first was as a mail-away. The only difference between the two is that the mail-away Duke came with a flag sticker, a, a small circular sticker that um is... It's important if you're, like, a completist, but not really overall. I wasn't even really sure where, where you're supposed to ever stick that sticker. He he comes with a bunch of neat accessories. He has binoculars, a helmet, an M32 submachine gun, and a backpack with a shovel molded onto it. There is a couple of variations to Duke. The, uh... The main one is that there is a figure that has his... The sleeves of his shirt are cuffed up. And then there's one with um, the the uncuffed uh, version. It's hard to... It's actually hard to tell the difference between the two. But if you're if you're into it on a, a high level, the, the cuffed one goes for like twice as much as the uncuffed. There is also a variant as far as the helmet. One helmet has holes. One helmet does not. They... They don't really affect the value either way. I I have Duke now. I have the same Duke that I had when I was a kid. I lost all the accessories over the years, but I've since I've since like got them all back. I think that the binoculars I have are from a battle pack. Those are the accessory packs that they they would sell from time to time. But I know he has an original gun. He has an original helmet and all that. I like him a lot. One time he fell off my Joe shelf and his heel broke. The the plastic for these is very brittle at this point on some of the figures. And I had to, I had to glue that back on, but I, it was worth it. He's a really great figure. And when you think G.I. Joe, you do kind of think Duke. The next Joe up is Mutt. Mutt is the dog handler and he comes with a dog known as Junkyard. Mutt is an absolutely terrific figure. I didn't have him back in the day, but I do have him now. He's not He's not 100% complete. He comes with a ton of little accessories. He has a helmet, a uh, leash for his dog. He comes with a dog. He has a Mac 11 with a silencer as well as a nightstick. And he has a muzzle. I think it's interesting that the muzzle is for the uh, figure, not for the dog. That shows that shows he's crazy, man. He's out of control. He's a really, really, really nice figure on the uh, open market. I've seen him go for like 25, 35 bucks with a... Uh, most of the accessories, it's going to be more than that for everything complete. I hardly ever see him with the uh, nightstick. For whatever reason, the nightstick is always missing. I like him a lot. And it's not just because he has a dog, even though I do think that is absolutely dynamite. He appears in the comics a lot. I don't recall him having, like, a million appearances on the cartoon, but I do know that he was part of it. Alphabetically, the next figure up is Rakondo. Rakondo is the jungle trooper. He uh, comes with a cross-country backpack and an M14EZX rifle. This is one that I know that I had as a youth, but I do not have him now. He always reminded me of the character on MASH. I do not know his name. He was an Australian soldier that would appear from time to time. At the 4077, he would play cards with them and hang out. He always reminded me of that guy. And when I would 
like have my little battles or whatever. That was the personality that I had Rakondo take up. He's pretty cool, man. He has that, uh, I don't know what you call it, that Australian hat with the one side is kind of up and it looks like it sort of snaps on the, uh, on the side. I don't, I don't know what that would be for. I would imagine out there that you would want, like, complete protection from the sun, but I guess, I guess it's okay to have one ear get burned. I, I know not. He's, a uh, he's pretty cool. There is a bunch of variants to the figure. They all involve the camouflage pattern on his pants. One is dark green. One is a dark brown. And then there's one that's a light brown. But they, they don't really have any kind of, uh, difference as far as price or whatnot. It's, it just is what it is. I think they just, at the factories, the Hasbro factories, they just changed it up. Don't know why. They just did. It was the way that it was. Up next is Ripcord. Ripcord is the halo jumper. That's high altitude, low opening. That means he's like up there near space and he doesn't open his parachute after he leaps until he's maybe 15 feet above the ground. I may be exaggerating there, but that's kind of... That's kind of how I see it. I don't have him now, and I haven't had him in the past, but he is a neat, neat, neat figure. He comes with a parachute. Not a real parachute. I think that would be dope if he had one like a Poopa Trooper, but he does not. He has a helmet, an oxygen mask, and an SLR W1L1 rifle with a sight. He's pretty, he's pretty cool. I don't see him too often. For whatever reason, he doesn't, he doesn't like resonate with me. He doesn't feel like a figure that I need to have, even though he has like, A bunch of cool accessories, and he's definitely pretty cool looking. His prototype dossier provides collectors with an excellent peer personality profile. Let's say you got what you call a trouble spot in some remote, hostile outback. You can't sail in, walk in, or ride in. What you do is you send a plane in so high that it can't be seen, and this guy Ripcord, he jumps out, drops like a rock for thousands of feet, and he opens his chute at the last possible moment. Like maybe 10 feet above the ground, like like I said... What he does once he hits the ground, you don't want to hear about it. What it means is he goes in there and he slays lots of people in a brutal fashion. I I get it, man. It's war. You got to do what you got to do. He also has the uh, hole in the helmet variant. But with everybody, like with everybody, it doesn't make a big diff. Up next is we're going to get two in a row that are gigantic as far as the series go. The first one is Roadblock. Roadblock is the heavy machine gunner. He's he's one of the key, key, key characters. He was giant in the comics and giant on the cartoons. He had this gimmick where he would rhyme everything he said. I don't know what that was about. He also had this gimmick where he was also like a gourmet chef. He wanted to be a chef, but instead he was blasting cobras with a machine gun. He comes with a backpack, and the backpack is cool because it has a piece that comes off that is supposed to be like his ammo box. He has a helmet and a rifle, a machine gun rifle, on a uh, tripod, an M2X machine gun with a tripod. I have Roadblock. I had him when I was a kid. Unfortunately, Roadblock, I was uh, I was goofing around with him the other day, just kind of, you know, having a pose, having a play, and his, his crotch broke in the front. This is very, very common in the G.I. Joes. I think I can glue it with, like, maybe one two small dots of super glue but I haven't gotten around to doing it yet I don't know why I have this it's like a small toolbox full of like G.I. Joe's that I need to put back together and I just I haven't gotten around to it Larry Hama noted when he first was given the idea of Roadblock they sent him a a list of character names and amongst them were Steamroller Hardball and Bubba Larry Hama sent a note back to Hasbro saying 
I really dislike the name Bubba. It's racist, derogatory, and stupid. They immediately dropped it. It is racist, derogatory, and stupid. But, uh, what a horrible idea. But a uh, Roadblock's cool, man. The Rock actually plays him in the G.I. Joe movie. So, dude, dude is good to go. Dude is huge. Up next is Spirit. Spirit Iron Knife. He is the tracker for the team. I have him now. I had him then. He comes with a gun that shoots arrows. How crazy is that? He has a backpack with a uh, with a neat little piece on it that you can see that's full of uh, magazines that are all arrows. He's keeping it real with that Native American gimmick. I don't know if that would fly today, but at the time, it flew. He was over, like, Rover. He also has, like, a loincloth. They call it a breech cloth, I guess, which, um, goes around his waist. I have him now. Like I said, I have his gun, his backpack, and the breech cloth, but I do not have his eagle, Freedom. I do have an eagle from a 25th anniversary of G.I. Joe that I have. I've given it to him, and I pretend that it's the same one, even though the scale is a bit off. He was a cool character in the cartoon. Him and Storm Shadow had some kind of beef. They were always they were always going at it. They had a few couple of dope martial arts fights against each other, as I recall. The final G.I. Joe figure is Thunder. Thunder is the self-propelled gun artilleryman. He is the driver of the Slugger. I don't have Slugger. I didn't in the day either, but I, I would want one, but the figures and stuff take up enough of my shelf space that I don't got a lot of room for the vehicles. I want more, but I... I gotta admit, I don't have as much interest in the uh, vehicles as I do the uh, figures. He comes with a helmet, a visor, a radio headset, and a monocular. That's a binocular with only one lens. I don't have a lot to say about him. I don't have a lot of memories of Thunder or the Slugger. He's just, he's just there as far as I'm concerned. As I understand it, the visor is a commonly lost accessory. You can't find that one as well as you can find some of the other things, but I, I don't know. I don't got a lot to say about Thunder today. We're going to move in to the Cobras. Next, there are a few Cobras, but before we get there, let's take another quick commercial break. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. Are those the new Joes, Destro? Yes, Commander. Who's on the watchtower? That's the jungle trooper. Codename, Rakundo. And manning the howitzer? That's the flamethrower. Codename, Blowtorch. And the halo jumper. Codename, Ripcord. Who's by the bivouac? That's the dog handler. Codename, Muck. And his dog, Junkyard. They've not seen the last of Cobra. Watchtower, howitzer, bivouac, and G.I. Joe figures each sold separately from Hasbro. I really had to do some digging in the VHS vault to find that, but I was happy that I did. The first up on the Cobra side is the Baroness. The Baroness was like the first ever female action figure that I ever, ever owned. She is the Cobra intelligence agent. She's a spy, a master of disguise. She comes with a backpack and a laser rifle. I have her now. I have her and I have Destro. Her and Destro were an item in the show, in the comics, and I like to imagine in real life. On the cartoon, she had an accent, like some weird European accent, but when Larry Hama talks about her, he mentions that he he always saw her as kind of like a Patty Hearst, like a rich heiress that somehow got involved with a terrorist organization. I, I kind of see it that way myself. I've always imagined her as an American with the Baroness being like some kind of a nickname because she had wealthy parents 
Then she joined, like, the Sibonese Liberation Army or the Weathermen, and she, she started planting bombs and buildings, and then next thing you know, she's a member of Cobra. On the card, she's a pricey one. I've seen her go for, like, four, $500. Loose, though, you can pick her up for, like, 25 bucks. And because she only has two accessories, she's not really that hard to find complete. The next Cobra villain up on the list is Copperhead. He's the water moccasin pilot. He came packaged with the water moccasin, which is another one that floats. I have it now. It's been a part of many, many, many bathtub battles. He's a cool figure. He has like a blue and green kind of like sea foam kind of deal with him. He's he's pretty cool. There is a variant. One figure comes with a uh, like a neon green gloves. He wears like these fingerless gloves. The other has a darker glove. The darker one is a bit harder to find. They can go for up to 30 bucks. Whereas a loose copperhead, because he doesn't really have any accessories, he goes for only like 20, maybe around something, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. He's a cool one though. I like how, I like how he looks and he has a neat vehicle. The next figure on the list is Cobra Commander. This is the hooded Cobra Commander. Last year, much like Duke, he was made available as a mail-away figure. This year, you can get him on the card. I think he's pretty neat. He has a lot of, a lot of gold pinstriping on his uniform that wipes off. I have him now. The one that I have, I picked up somewhere, the flea market. I don't remember where, but his hand is like completely burnt off. Like somebody put a firecracker in there or something. And I think that's pretty neat. I like to think that someone tried to kill him, but I found him. And now he's safe with me. Up next is one of the coolest, the coolest figures in the entire collection. I am talking about the Cobra Saboteur. Firefly. Firefly has a gray camouflaged outfit. He comes with a submachine gun, a backpack, a small little walkie-talkie. And one of the neat things with the backpack is it has a bottom part that snaps off. Well, it snaps. It opens up. And inside, there's like a small little toolkit. I used to play with this guy like crazy. He was one of my favorites. I picked him up over at the Ben Franklin. That is maybe like a few blocks away from where I live down there on uh, the Earth Base in Rincon Valley. That was where I would get my Joes. I remember, I'll tell this story. I know I've told it before. I went down there to get a Joe and I had change. I've been saving up my change and I had like a big handful of coins, right? And I got to the register and I'm like, I want to get Firefly. And I gave the lady all the change and I was like, I don't know, 20 cents short. And she's like, I don't know, Sonny, you're 20 cents short. And I had to run all the way home. At this time, we lived in a different place and I had to run, I'm thinking like two miles back to my house, beg 20 cents for my parents, come back home and find Firefly. Firefly on the open market, he's like a $600 figure card that I hardly ever see him available that way. Even loose, he's like $40, $50, maybe even more if he has his walkie-talkie. The walkie-talkie is always lost. I have him with the walkie-talkie, but I am pretty sure that it is uh, from a battle pack. The one that he came with is green. The one in the battle pack is gray. That's how you can tell. Never go for the gray. Go for the green. We're getting near the end here, dudes. Don't worry. We're going to make it. Up next is Scrap Iron. He is the Cobra Anti-Armor Specialist. He comes with a pistol as well as a, what do they call it? A missile system with remote activator and two missiles. He was intended to be one of the top villains, but for whatever reason, he never got over. He makes a lot of appearances in the cartoon, a lot of appearances in the comics, but he doesn't. He doesn't really, like, grab you in any way. His weapons are neat, though. I like that remote uh, missile thing. It seemed it seemed like a bargain. I didn't have him as a kid. 
I don't have him now, but I remember seeing him in the pack, and I thought, that's pretty cool. It's almost like he comes with his own vehicle. The the thing was much, much, much bigger. It was a mounted gun, whereas most G.I. Joes just had, like, handheld guns. Up next. Up next is one of, if not the most popular characters in all of G.I. Jodom. I am talking of the Cobra Ninja, a guy that goes by the name of Storm Shadow. This is the first gen Storm Shadow in the white ninja suit with the red Cobra insignia on the left side of his chest. He comes with two swords, three swords, no, two swords, one long, one short, a nunchuck, an arrow, and a bow, and also a really great backpack. I had him when I was younger. He's not my favorite version of Storm Shadow, but I do... I do think he's a beautiful figure. I don't have him now. I know that he is prone to yellowing, which is which is kind of a bummer, but you can soak him in peroxide. You put the peroxide in a jar, dump the figure in the jar, stick it outside, and a lot of times it takes away the, uh, the uh, yellowing. He brings it back white. I have dedicated an entire episode to Storm Shadow action figures. That was episode, I believe, number 21. You can find that at icrobots.com. If you want to hear me talk about Storm Shadow action figures, I did it for like half an hour straight. I went over every single one he ever had in the entirety of G.I. Joe, Real American Hero. I cannot recommend that highly enough. Up next is the Cobra Stinger Driver. He's basically a Cobra Soldier, like a first series Cobra Soldier, but he's gray. I don't have him. I'd like to have him now. I think he's really a cool looking figure. I like the, uh, I like the gray. I know that his insignia, the red Cobra insignia on his chest is prone to rubbing off the... We're getting there. We got two more left. The next guy alphabetically is Wild Weasel. Wild Weasel is the Cobra Rattler pilot. I have been in love with the Rattler my whole life, and I've never had one. I've never had Wild Weasel. If I did have it, I would hang it from the ceiling of the Earth base. It would be great in the uh, command center. It looks super dope. He's red, and he has, like, two maps written on his uh, on his thigh. So when he's sitting down, he can look down and see the... Uh, See the map? There are some variants where the maps are like flipped, like side to side, each one reversed. They don't, they don't affect the value of anything, really, in any way. Uh, the final action figure released by Hasbro and G.I. Joe Real American Hero in 1984 is also the final figure alphabetically in all of G.I. Joe. One half of the namesake of this segment, I of course am talking about... Zartan. This is the mail away Zartan. He's a dynamite, dynamite action figure. He is the G.I. Joe Master of Disguise. This is the one that came with a little uh, little sled that broke up into parts that you could drag behind him when he was when he was in disguise. He has a little mask that goes into his backpack that you can slide onto his face. He's just he's just dynamite. I had him then. I got him as a mail away, and I have him now. The uh, the sled that I have is incomplete. It's missing one of the skis, but still, I'm happy with it. I do want to get the ski. I can pick it up on eBay for a couple dollars. I just haven't ever gotten around to it. He also came with, like, these, uh, what would you call them, like, thigh pads? Like, these uh, armored coverings that snapped onto the front of his thighs, and these are always, always, always missing. When I see Zartans at toy shows or whatever, they never, not never, have these. There is no mint on card. Zartan of this because he only came as a mail away so he goes for like 35 to 50 bucks depending I I think he's really great one of the great things about him is if you put him out in the sun he could change colors I don't know what that was about I don't know the uh like lizard blood status of Zartan but when I was a kid man I thought this was like the coolest thing ever he'd wear that mask he'd sit in the sun he'd turn green G.I. Joe's could never find him. He is just dynamite. If I remember 
remember right, I believe this is my dude Gino Vega's favorite G.I. Joe of all the time. I also know that he is one that Larry Hama, the G.I. Joe writer, did not like at all. In his mind, Zartan did the Master of Disguise bit through hypnotism and holography, but in the, uh, in the comics and the cartoons, they kind of forced it to where it was like magic and he could like change shape and do all these kooky stuff and Hama... Hamill liked to keep it reality-based, so this wasn't really, wasn't really something that flew with him. There you have it, guys. That was every G.I. Joe in 1984. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun going over these. It was great. We are, we are back in full effect. We're going to see more from Ace the Zartan, hopefully soon. It's always fun. I got to admit, it's a bit, it's a bit taxing. I'm sitting here talking for half an hour straight about G.I. Joe's. My throat is on burn, but it's all good, man. It's for a worthwhile cause. Yo, Joe! You've done the impossible and made it to the final segment of the show. This is the part where I See Robots talks about stuff you bought, saw, or was thinking about. It's pretty random. All right, my dudes and my dudettes, my chicks and my dudes, whatever... However you want to put it, we have done it. We have made it to the end, the final segment of the show. That was, that was definitely taxing. I got to admit, I, I love from Ace to Zartan. I, I learn a lot about the uh, Joes that I love and I, I love to share my love for Joe. G.I. Joes are like my favorite of all the toys, but man, that is a taxing segment. Lots and lots and lots of things. Lots of, uh, lots of pieces in motion, things of that sort. Let's see what else is going on. I, I'm really all talked out, dude. I've been talking for a while, man. My, my throat is hurting. My teeth are hurting. My tongue, my tongue is aching from all the uh, all the sounds it's had to uh, make. I was at the flea market the other day, the Sebastopol flea market, which is one of my it's one of my favorite haunts. You guys all know this, and I found a someone had like a fishbowl full of like a small NFL helmet. They I think they're pencil toppers, but I'm not like entirely sure. They weren't the kind that you get out of quarter machines. Those are uh, those are a fave of mine. I love those 1980s quarter machine football helmets. Anytime I see one of those, I pick it up. Even though I'm not really like a football guy, I don't necessarily have like a favorite football team. I guess it's the Raiders, the Oakland Raiders. But I don't know. They're they're gonna move to Vegas, so I don't even I don't even know if I consider that anymore. But I I, I was digging through this fishbowl, seeing if there were any like 80s ones in there, and I I pulled out one for the New York Jets, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking. This might fit my Joe Namath Migo that I have at home. So I got it. Dude only wanted 50 cents. I gave him a dollar. I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to have to carry a bunch of quarters around, even though I regret it. I wish I had those quarters now. I could go down and, uh, put them in the Street Fighter machine over at the, uh, at the 7-Eleven and go a few rounds as Dalsim. I'm just kidding. They don't have one over there, even though I wish they did, man. I really, really wish they did. The 7-Eleven that I used to go to always had a ton of video games. Now they have none. They have a sandwich cooler in the space where the Road Rash machine used to be. I used to go down there and play that Road Rash all the time, no longer. But I, I got this helmet and I brought it home and I I had to shave out the inside where the uh, pencil topper piece was, the piece that would go into your eraser. But after I did that, it fit great. And I I should take a picture and post that. Maybe I'll, I'll do that when I get uh, down to the Earth base, but I, I think it's pretty cool. The helmet that came with the Joe Namath was uh, a bit too big, and it didn't it didn't like really fit on his head that well, and I, I actually lost it 
for like a few months. One day it fell off the uh, cabinet, the shelf. I woke up in the morning, I went in there and it had fallen down and I could not find it anywhere. Eventually I did. Eventually I did find it. I'll I'll tell you about that really quick. It fell inside of a shoe. I had a, a pair of shoes sitting near there and it fell into the shoe and I took the shoes when I was straightening up and I, I put them on my shoe rack and then one day I... I went to get these shoes out and try them on. They were a pair of uh, green Sacconis with yellow laces. And I, I went to put them on and the, the helmet was inside there. So what do you know? I got it. And I also got, I got this cool Joe Namath helmet that uh, fits him a lot, lot, lot better. It looks cooler because it has the Jets logo on the side. The one that came with him initially didn't have any any logo. They 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 left it up to you to go and secure a Jets logo somewhere online. There's There's tons of online Mego vendors that sell all kinds of things for customizations, and it's not like it's hard to get that logo, but the way the helmet fit always kind of, it kind of turned me off. This one has, like, the real snug fit of an NFL helmet. Good find. It's, uh, I went out on a limb, because I'm looking at it, and I didn't, I didn't think that it would fit, and man, I would have been out that dollar, which would have, which would have been devastating. I was at the Marshalls the other day. The wife wanted to dip into the Marshalls, and I, I don't like to go in there very much. When I was a youth, my mom worked at Marshalls for a few years, so we were, we were always there, and that, uh, wasn't, like, my favorite place to go. I didn't have anything against it, but it's kind of whack when you have to hang out at your mom's work. This is uh, something that we probably all know a bit about. It's whack when you got to go there and blah, blah, blah. And I I don't know. Places like Ross and places like Marshall's aren't my favorite. Because people just, like, when you go there, they, they, like, take things off the shelves or the rack and they look at them. And then they just, like, throw them on the floor. It's always so messy. It drives me, it drives me nuts. And plus... Who wants to wear fashions from a couple years ago, bro? I'm not even about that. I'm I'm all about the latest trendy things. And Marshall's only has, like, the things that were trendy, like, a couple years ago. I'm kidding. I'm wearing the same shorts I've had for, like, I've probably had these. I probably had these shorts that I'm wearing for, like, nine years. <laughs> no. I I don't know. They're nice. They're worn in. They, 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 uh, they fit well. But at any rate, I was at the Marshalls, and I found a couple uh, WWE retros. These are the action figures that uh, are currently on hiatus. They're on hiatus status over at, uh, over at Mattel. We're hoping they'll bring them back, so I, I pick them up when I see them. They're neat. They're like, they're like four or five inches tall. They're, they're kind of like a hard plastic. They, they all come with some kind of like a spring-loaded action, but at any at any rate, I picked up a couple of these. They were $4.99 each. I was pretty stoked. I got uh, Jeff Hardy, who's one half of the Hardy Boys tag team. I I like the Hardy Boys as much as anybody, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily like a Hardy Boys fan. But when I saw him there for like five bucks, I go, you're coming home with me, Jeff Hardy. And then I also got Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder is an interesting character. He's made like a real big name for himself as a... Uh, internet uh champion at one point he was the self-proclaimed champion of the internet and he's he started a podcast with another guy named kurt hawkins another uh, wwe jabroni called the uh, major wrestling figure podcast where they they talk about wrestling figures these guys are fanatics it's interesting to hear these guys talk about collecting action figures of people that they work with that would be like me buying uh iceberg 13 action figures all the various icebergs i would do it i would definitely be down for that if they if they made them but it's uh 
it's just weird. These guys are way into it. But I, I got the Zack Ryder. I was a little, little bummed out when I got home and noticed Zack Ryder only had one eye. I don't know where the other eye went. It looks like he's, it looks like he's winking. Like he's winking at me, which is, which is weird. I can't imagine Zack ever doing that in real life. Like winking at me, maybe like winking to somebody else. But if he winked at me, I would think that was weird. I haven't opened either one yet. They're in the uh, garage on the Earth base. I brought them home, put them in there, and then I completely forgot about them until I, I stumbled across them the other day. I guess we all, we all have these uh, unopened action figures that we buy lying all over the place, right? I'm uh, really trying to think if there's anything else worth noting. It's been kind of a slow week down there on the uh, Earth base. Halloween is in full effect. I got the blow molds out. I got the house all decorated, which is always great. I buy I buy Halloween pumpkins, like the pumpkins that you use when you go trick-or-treating and stuff. I, I guess I would say I collect them. I'm always looking for ones with different faces. I probably have like maybe... I don't know, anywhere between 15 and 20 of them, all with uh, with different faces. And I put them all over the house. Kind of, It kind of ties everything together, I think. And I think that the, the jack-o'-lantern is a real nice, sort of, sort of wholesome Halloween image. I don't go for the, uh, like, like the gory Halloween stuff. There, there are people in my neighborhood, and they, they decorate by buying, like, all these... All these, like, plastic severed limbs, and they, they hang them from the trees. And I'm like, I don't know if that's, like, really how I want to get into Hollywood, Halloween, rather. By, by thinking about people getting their getting their limbs cut off. It's all, it's all weird to me. It's not my preferred way of going about things. I, I prefer, like, ghosts and witches and universal monsters and, and things like that. That's just, that's just me. I think Halloween is for the kiddies. Let's, uh, let's try to keep it as wholesome as, as we possibly can, but, uh, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, dude. Next week, there shall not be a new episode of the IC Robots show, but there shall be a Patreon-exclusive episode of the POS. That's the patron-only show. This is a, this is a pretty good one. It's an hour of a lot of fun things, me going out and about, me doing different things, me checking things out, me having a good time, all kinds of, uh, all kinds of cool stuff like that. And you can get down with that for as little as a dollar a month. That's not even a big deal. That's like, that's like one Joe Namath football helmet at the Sebastopol flea market. And you can get, there are now, I believe, 11 episodes of the POS. I just did a Marvel handbook, audio handbook of the Marvel Universe about Dazzler. There is the entire Warriors, Warriors come out and play a panel from the South City Comic Con. I got that on there. There's just like a ton, a ton, a ton of a ton of fun stuff. And plus, this is the money we use to keep the show afloat. Bandwidth cost money. Everything costs money. So this money all goes into the pot to keep the show afloat. It's always, always nice to get your support that way. I gotta send a big shout out to all the Patreons, please. Please consider becoming one for as little as a dollar a month. You can make me, Icy Robots, a much happier guy. And I know that is something that is important to all of you out there. So hop on over to supportthereport.com to find out all about that. Check out some of my writing. I've been doing some work over at Pop Culture Retro Rama. That is a that is Vic Sage's new site. Vic Sage is my dude. He's been my dude for years. I'm happy to put things over there. I'm happy 
that he considers me worth being on popcultureretrorama.com. I've been putting some of my videos, my commercial videos. I got some Halloween stuff on there. It's all great. I appreciate him giving me a forum. Uh, I think that's it. I think we're good. I think that we are at the point where in which we can cut and run. We can get out of here. We can go enjoy our weeks. We can go have fun. Please, please stay positive. Be happy. Do your best. Go take a walk. Eat five fruits and vegetables every day. Try to cut down on the salt. Salt's the silent killer. Watch the sweets. Uh, Try not to eat too much saturated fat. Try to get at least at least 30 minutes of exercise a day. That includes going for a walk, doing anything, take your dog out, do anything, man. Try to be a more active, more healthy person. It's going to be good for you in the long run. It's going to give you a long run. You know, summer fitness doesn't end. It's a lifetime of fitness. So until we speak again, this is me, Icy Robot, setting up for Iceberg 13 for Emily for that alien dude, for everybody out there. Until next time, if you don't know, now you know. Because we only have one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Hi. If you've got a second, please drop by supportthereport.com and peruse all of the patron-exclusive content available to those who have the kindness, nay, the courage, to toss in a couple of bucks in support of the greatest podcast in the world, The I See Robot Show. It's well worth the time, and on an ethical tip, it's what Captain America would do. Supportthereport.com